0: This is Swipe Right for Sleep with Adriana. Hey there, Dreamer. Welcome to another episode of Swipe Right for Sleep, the podcast that helps you sleep. This is just a quick check-in on your mental health during these times. We have so much going on. If you need to take a breather from your day, please refer to my guided meditation series that posted before we continued Peter Pan after our break. If you like those, perhaps I will add a couple extra episodes a month with some guided meditation. So if that's something you would like, please reach out to us on our social medias. We have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I would love to hear from you. For this podcast going onward, I would like to do something a little differently. I thought it would be nice to do a spotlight on the authors that write the stories or books that we read on this podcast. As new sleep facts or interesting things about sleep come about, I will still talk about those as well, but... I figured this would be a good opportunity to get a little history lesson as well because the lives of these authors are pretty amazing and the inspiration for these stories are pretty great. So, since we are in the middle of Peter Pan and I'm starting this new thing, I thought that I would start off with the author of Peter Pan. And we also have a shorter episode tonight with the chapter being only three or four pages. So let's start on Sir James Matthew Barry, the author of Peter Pan. Let me just note that all sources will be cited in the show notes, so I want to thank everyone who provided the information on the internet. I apologize in advance if I mispronounce any names, as I am in America and a lot of these places' names are unfamiliar to me, so please bear with me. So let's get started. Sir James Matthew Barry, first Baronet, also known as J. M. Barry, was a novelist and playwright from Scotland. He wrote a numerous amount of successful novels and plays. In London he met the Llewellyn Davies boys, who were sons of Arthur and Sylvia Llewellyn Davies. Their mother was the daughter of George Dumarier, who was a French cartoonist, and her brother was actor Gerald Dumarire, and her sister was author Daphne du Maurier. These boys were the inspiration for the characters in Peter Pan. After the deaths of Arthur and Sylvia, Barry became their guardian and these boys were associated with the novel for the rest of their lives. Barry became mainly known for Peter Pan and most of his other work was overshadowed by this novel. However, this novel is credited with making the name Wendy popular. Barry was made a baronet on June 14, 1913 by George V, and prior to J.M. Barry's death, he gave the rights to the Peter Pan works to the Great Ormond Street Hospital for Children in London. As we can all tell from me reading and you listening to Peter Pan, it is not as lighthearted as the plays and movies make it out to be, however, it is still beloved by so many people. If you want to learn more about J.M. Barrie, you can find some additional links in the show notes. I found a very interesting New Yorker article, and I know there are plenty of films that also show the making of Peter Pan and possibly some of his life. So now let's get going on this chapter. Lay down, get comfortable, let's get going on this journey the last chapter we read, Wendy and Peter and the Lost Boys go to the Mermaid's Lagoon. And that's where we find out that they have Tiger Lily when the pirates show up. And Peter plays a game with with Captain Hook. And um, we leave where Wendy gets taken away by a kite and Peter is left on the lagoon. And he stands up and he says to die would be an awfully great adventure. So let's read... Chapter 9, The Never Bird The last sound Peter heard before he was quite alone were the mermaids retiring one by one to their bedchambers under the sea. He was too far away to hear the door shut, but every door in the coral caves where they live rings a tiny bell when it opens or closes, as in all the nicest houses on the mainland, and he heard the bells. Steadily the waters rose till they were nibbling at his feet, and to pass the time until they made their final gulp, he watched the only thing on the lagoon. He thought it was a piece of floating paper, perhaps part of the kite, and wondered idly how long it would take to drift ashore. Presently he noticed, as an odd thing, that it was undoubtedly out upon the lagoon with some definite purpose, for it was fighting the tide, and sometimes winning. And when it won, Peter, always sympathetic to the weaker side, could not help clapping. It was such a gallant piece of paper. It was not really a piece of paper. It was the Neverbird, making desperate efforts to reach Peter on the nest. But working her wings in a way she had learned since the nest fell in the water, she was able to some extent to guide her strange craft. But by the time Peter recognized, she was very exhausted. She had come to save him, to give him her nest, though there were eggs in it. I rather wonder at the bird, for though he had been nice to her, he had also sometimes tormented her. I can suppose only that, like Mrs. Darling and the rest of them, she was melted because he had all his first teeth. She called out to him what she had come for, and he called out to her what she was doing there. But of course, neither of them understood the other's language. In fanciful stories, people can talk to the birds freely. And I wish for the moment I could pretend that this was such a story and say that Peter replied intelligently to the Neverbird. But truth is best, and I want to tell you only what really happened. Well, not only could they not understand each other, but they forgot their manners. I want you to... Get into the nest, the bird called, speaking as slowly and distinctly as possible, and then you can drift ashore. But I am too tired to bring it any nearer, so you must try to swim to it. What are you quacking about? Peter answered. Why don't you let the nest drift as usual? I want you, the bird said and repeated it all over. Then Peter tried, slow and distinct. What are you quacking about? And so on. The never bird became irritated. They have very short tempers. You dunder-headed little jay, she screamed why don't you do as I tell you? Peter felt that she was calling him names, and at a venture, he retorted hotly, so are you. Then rather curiously, they both snapped out the same remark, shut up, shut up. Nevertheless, the bird was determined to save him if she could, and by one last mighty effort, she propelled the nest against the rock, Then up she flew, deserting her eggs so as to make her meaning clear. Then, at last, he understood and clutched the nest and waved his thanks to the bird as he fluttered overhead. It was not to receive his thanks, however, that she hung there in the sky. It was not even to watch him get into the nest, it was to see what he did with her eggs. There were two large white eggs, and Peter lifted them up and reflected. The bird covered her face with her wing so as not to see the last of them, but she could not help keeping between the feathers. I forgot whether I have told you that there was a stave on the rock, driven into it by some buccaneers of long ago to mark the site of buried treasure. The children had discovered the glittering hoard, and when in a mischievous mood, used the fling showers of diamonds, pearls, and pieces of eight to the gulls, who pounced upon them for food, and then flew away, "'raging at the scurvy trick that had been played upon them. "'The stave was still there, and on it, Starkey had hung his hat, "'a deep tarpaulin, watertight, with a broad brim. "'Peter put the eggs into his hat and set it on the lagoon. "'It floated beautifully. "'The never-bird saw at once what he was up to "'and screamed her admiration of him. "'And alas, Peter crowed his agreement with her, Then he got into the nest, reared the stave in it as a mast, and hung up his shirt for a sail. At the same moment, the bird fluttered down upon the hat and once more sat snugly on her legs. She drifted in one direction and he was borne off in another, both cheering. Of course, when Peter landed, he beached his small ship in a place where the bird would easily find it but the hat was such a great success that she abandoned the nest. It drifted about till it went to pieces, and often Starkey came to the shore of the lagoon, and with many bitter feelings watched the bird sitting on his hat, as we shall not see her again. It may be worth mentioning here that that all never birds now build in the shape of nests, with a broad brim on which the youngsters take on airing. Great were the rejoicings when Peter reached the home under the ground almost as soon as Wendy, who had been carried hither and thither by the kite. Every boy had adventures to tell, but perhaps the biggest adventure of all was that they were several hours late for bed. This so inflated them that they did various dodgy things to get staying up still longer, such as demanding bandages, but Wendy, though glory in having them all home again safe and sound, was scandalized by the lateness of the hour and cried, To bed! To bed! and a voice that had to be obeyed. Next day, however, she was awfully tender and gave out bandages to everyone, and they played till bedtime at limping about and carrying their arms and slings. Hey there, dreamer. Are you still awake? That's totally okay. But while I have you, are you following our social media accounts? If not, you should because I will start posting things more on there for contests and information about our Patreon and other little tidbits. And if you don't know what those are, we have a Twitter account, which is at swipe4sleep, and the 4 is the number 4. We have our Facebook, which is swipe right for sleep podcast with Adriana, and we have our Instagram, which is swipe right for sleep podcast. You can also follow our website, which is www.swiperightforsleep.com. It's where I will post blog posts or articles or any interesting spotlights that we do on our authors. And you can check on that website for that information. Thank you again for listening, and I hope that you have a great night's sleep.